Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis, which could lead to psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix treats both. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, 300 milligram dose, and adults with active psoriatic arthritis, 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Why Not Mint Money. I'm Shashin from Mint's personal finance team. And today we talk about quant-based mutual funds. For this, I've invited Nirav Karkera, Head of Research at Fisdom. Please note that every investor has different risk appetite and what is suitable for others might not be suitable for you. Consult your financial advisor before investing. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Hi Nirav, thanks for coming to Why Not Mint Money Show. So today we're going to talk about quant-based mutual fund. So, you know, Nirav, for our listeners, can you simplify what are these quant-based mutual funds? Absolutely. So quant funds are uh, quite the hype now and we are expecting a lot many quant funds to be launched in the near future also. And uh, it is quite natural for uh, investors or prospective investors to wonder what uh, quant funds are all about. So, um, you know, as the name quite literally suggests, it is a fund that is managed based on certain quantitative metrics. So in the world of investing, uh, there are uh, two approaches and the third approach being a hybrid of the first two. So one is where a lot of uh, value is placed on uh, qualitative methods of evaluation. And the second one is uh, where a lot of premium is placed on the quantitative uh, methods of evaluation of an investment opportunity. So the quant fund uh, basically focuses a lot on the second method, wherein there are a select set of metrics, a select set of quantitative metrics that are taken into consideration to consider the investability of a certain security. Now, this could, uh, if we are talking about equities, these metrics could include, uh, you know, metrics like uh, return on equity, return on capital employed. It could include a few metrics that also reflect the uh, balance sheet health, which could include gearing ratios or interest coverage ratio at a very basic level. So there are a slew of such metrics that can be created across cash flow statements, income statements and balance sheets. And, uh, you know, several metrics that crisscross into line items from every statement also so a variety of such metrics can be formed and uh, you know whenever a quant fund is formed uh, it decides a certain series of metrics that it will uh, place a lot of value on it will assign certain weightages to each of these metrics and it will uh, determine all of its buy and sell decisions based on these metrics this is distinctly different from most other uh, qualitatively managed funds because the biggest risk there of uh, a fund manager uh, 
uh, applying his own uh, biases behavioral biases cognitive biases into play is completely taken out of the picture uh, in this method in uh, a quantitative evaluation method most results are uh, very objective and uh, very mathematically uh, driven so there's very limited uh, scope for any biases to come into play so that's the biggest uh, you know usp of uh, quant funds uh, when you have to compare it with other normally actively managed funds neeraf you have mentioned you know uh, this quant uh, base uh, managers look at roe ROCEN then choose stocks based on this uh, quantitative filters need of can you simplify this a little bit further and you know just give an example of how a quant based uh, fund manager would you know select stocks just a illustrative kind of a example okay so you know if let's say hypothetically there's a quant fund the number one uh, thing that they decide is what is their investing universe so there will be a certain set of universe from which it will select stocks so it could be nifty 500 for example uh, right the top 500 stocks uh, it will take that into consideration now within that there will be certain layers wherein it starts filtering out on their preferred kind of stock so the first layer could be balance sheet health so across all the companies it will check which balance sheets are the strongest now over here i'm just considering one metric for the sake of simplicity then you move to profitability in the second filter then from 500 let's say in the first filter you move to a shorter list of 250 then you check the profitability metrics and how sustainable such profitability metrics are and how well are uh, the earnings doing year over year now you check this and you will get a shorter list of 125 odd uh, uh stocks in which you can probably invest now after that you add another filter wherein you check uh, certain uh, things like promoter shareholding if it is an indicator of something and as a fund manager you believe it is an important indicator you check for that across all layers and further trim down the list to a smaller investable universe size of 75 now then you have a few other metrics which you run the 75 stocks through and this will throw up the 30 best stocks that you should invest into so this is how the general flow is now such a flow is very distinct and very different from amc to amc got it uh, and this is gaining prominence day, day by day right so uh, i happen to meet this fund house called ppfs and now they have hired a dedicated quant based fund manager and he would help with all the quantitative filter uh, apart from the you know ongoing value based kind of investing so neeraj i wanted to ask you how does this fit into one's portfolio right so who should invest in this kind of fund and if they should invest how how much of it should go into quant based uh, this mutual fund absolutely uh, so uh, the answer lies in uh, primarily understanding the premise uh, or the context in which quant funds operate so quant fund is uh, similar to most other flexi cap funds except the fact that it is not actively managed uh, by a fund manager bases his personal discretion but bases what the model output is supposed to be so most quant funds are uh, sector agnostic it is market cap agnostic these funds are supposed to primarily eliminate uh, biases and it is supposed to stick to certain rules and metrics that it has primarily defined so this can form a part of every core portfolio every long term equity portfolio uh, and uh, within that every core uh, component which is uh, designed to serve a, uh, a purpose for uh, a longer period in time so it need not uh, 
you know, be looked at from very different uh, perspectives. Uh, you know, it is a core allocation product. You can, it's an evergreen sort of a product. You can keep holding on to it. And uh, the requirements are very standard in terms of suitability. Uh, you must be a long-term investor. If you are an equity investor, so very similarly, if you are also a quant fund investor, you need to have a, a preferably longer-term horizon. Uh, you know, while as long as possible is a good horizon, typical, uh, you know, ballpark would be at least above five years for uh, hygiene sake and sanity sake. And also, you need to have the ability to stomach the volatility that comes along with equity. Now, we are not talking about very high risk because generally quant funds tend to optimize a lot on risk. Uh, so, you know, we could uh, probably... Uh, Look at investors with a moderate uh, sort of a risk appetite. You know, someone who scores a three on a scale of one to five in terms of uh, risk uh, appetite and risk profile. It suits uh, such investors. So, Nero, my next question is, uh, how has the funds performed in the Indian market? So, the funds that are av- available, quant-based uh, mutual funds that are available in the Indian market, how has their performance been like? Uh, so the Coinbase funds are performing decently well. In fact, uh, it performs uh, reassuringly well uh, on a risk-adjusted basis. Most of such funds have uh, relatively, uh, you know, lesser vintage, lesser track record. But one could uh, clearly see how it uh, tends to how at least the bigger ones tend to focus a lot on uh, risk-adjusted returns. So the performance has been decent so far. Uh, you know, it has been reassuring. Uh, it is yet to uh, divert towards any of the extremes but right now uh, it is uh, reassuringly decent and need what can go wrong with this kind of fund what are the risks associated with this fund so uh, the risk uh, that's associated with such a fund is the risk that is typically associated with most uh, model driven uh, uh, you know practices and that is uh, deficiencies in the model itself Right, so you know, a quant fund uh, functions bases a certain model and bases certain quantitative metrics. If the quantitative metrics are not uh, wholesome in itself, and uh, if it does not cover adequate ground by itself, or if it misses out on uh, covering certain facets, so you know, any sort of deficiency like omission or um, uh, let's say uh, uh, adding an over or underweight uh, in a wrong manner. Uh, to any of the metric or, uh, you know, completely, uh, uh, you know, wrongly incorporating a metric which may not be correct in a particular context. So these deficiencies and defects, you know, there are a variety of these. It can be broadly classified as type 1 error and type 2 errors, uh, you know, typically understood. So at the time of the creation of such a model, any such, uh, you know, deficiencies that could lead to a type 1 or type 2 error, uh, could uh, you know dent returns and uh, could uh, probably uh, uh, you know also uh, worsen the risk adjusted returns over a longer period in time and uh, you know it would uh, you know it would be very difficult to identify uh, you know what went wrong considering the number of variables at play it would require a very thorough root cause analysis to get back fix and uh, expedite any sort of course correction that's required so that is probably uh, the biggest risk and the second risk is the model being too rigid you know we live in a VUCA world uh, you know it's very dynamic fast changing you know so any new developments new dynamics that are not already factored into the model uh, you know or any uh, macro headwind or tailwind that could throw off the metrics uh, that is being tracked by the model uh, could effectively result in underperformance even on a risk-adjusted basis. 
got it so the fund manager has to be very cognizant of the changing environment and they have to be cautious of how things are changing right uh, need of can we also talk about specific funds in the industry so this is a fairly concentrated category with two funds covering almost 95% of the market so let's talk about these two funds can we start with talking about the dsp quant fund um, how how do they try to manage their portfolio and how does it fit in once you know piggy bank portfolio yeah yeah so uh, dsp quant fund is the largest uh, quant fund in the category it has been doing uh, you know pretty well uh, it is one of the very good uh, you know quant funds available in the market also so you know the the aum being the largest in the category is quite well uh, justified also so if you were to look at uh, their investment process uh, you know they basically start with a 200 stock universe okay and uh, you know they start with the process of elimination right there they start filtering out the stocks that don't really sit with their uh, broader investment uh, process so this elimination would uh, focus a lot on uh, uh, you know eliminating stocks which have uh, inherent uh, you know features that may destroy value in the longer term okay so the universe is s&p bse 200 essentially there so this could uh, include stocks having a higher debt or could uh, include companies which have a track record of not being very good at capital allocation or uh, you know stocks having uh, unnecessary and uh, super excessive volatility in their uh, prices and uh, you know there could be certain stocks where uh, the earnings quality uh, or the quality of reported earnings may not be at par with what the the fund management team believes or the investment team believes so the first stage is uh, you know filtration you know so the universe sizes then reduce to half once you filter uh, value destroyers uh, pretty effectively then uh, from the next 100 stocks that are remaining then dsp focuses a lot on uh, three primary uh, you know parameters that is uh, judging stocks to fair and score really well on parameters like quality growth and value so from these 100 stocks there's a selection process uh, that happens now once that selection happens and uh, you know you arrive at a further shortlist of you know which is much smaller then there is a lot of focus on uh, defining a much more focused portfolio of uh, you know, anywhere between 30 to 50 stocks, wherein uh, there's a lot of uh, risk measures applied in place, wherein concentration risks are uh, taken care of, wherein liquidity is uh, checked and, uh, you know, weights are assigned in uh, alignment with the final scoring of uh, these stocks. So this is the uh, funnel through which they finally define uh, uh, their portfolio and uh, then on a periodic basis basis in the same uh, investment process they review and rebalance the portfolio i believe they review and rebalance it at uh, on a quarterly basis so this is the investment process that dsp uh, says it follows for uh, their quant fund and it is known to be a pretty robust uh, method what about the second largest quant fund which is the access quant fund how do they do things differently and uh, how do they try to manage the portfolio? So, um, Axis Quant Fund is also a very, uh, you know, known fund. And, uh, you know, we believe that, uh, you know, it will make a comeback soon within the category. So, it is already the second largest, but it is in a close race to match with uh, DSP's size because it has been focusing a lot on delivering uh, very good risk adjusted returns across cycles also. So uh, the unique thing about uh, Axis is it basically uses a fundamental approach with a 
quantitative overlay per se so the key tenets over here also in like dsp is uh, the three uh, are the three metrics of quality growth and valuation so uh, access tends to uh, call it uh, q garp that is uh, their focus it reflects their focus on uh, selecting a portfolio of quality stocks with good growth but at a reasonable price so growth at a reasonable price is a known framework uh, they are also having a quality bias over here they are known to have uh, such a bias so and within the three parameters while uh, focusing on these three parameters they also divided into further smaller parameters like you know if we want to talk about their uh, method to evaluate quality they would ideally look at metrics quantitative metrics like uh, return on equity return on capital employed uh, their uh, leverage ratios of the company or the volatility of the stock prices after that if we were to talk about growth access mutual fund would uh, look at certain metrics like how has the earnings growth trajectory been uh, how well is uh, you know the profit margins growing year over year quarter over quarter period over period per se and what are the kind of uh, what is the forecast looking like the 12 month forecast uh, looking like uh, across earnings and margins uh, as key metrics so and then the third uh, parameter that they talk about is valuations wherein they look at the standard uh, valuation metrics like price to earnings price to book dividend yields price to sales and a whole lot more so a combination of such uh, metrics that can be primarily classified under the broader umbrella of quality growth and valuation is uh, something that access fund fund has built its investment process upon and then in the final stages just like we spoke uh, uh, just like with dsp uh even uh, access mutual fund then has an overarching layer of risk management frameworks that ensures that uh you know there is no excessive risk taken even after the model is being followed so there's a lot of focus on the uh, risk involved in uh, such funds uh, that was a very comprehensive answer and uh, i think our listeners will get a lot of idea of how these two uh, major quant funds are run and you know my last question is you know um uh why why are the aum of quant based fund in india very less uh, you just mentioned before this episode that it was roughly uh, around 2500 crores so that in a industry which manages around more than 46 lakh crore that is minuscule right whereas uh, in the developed markets like america i heard it's a big category there so so why hasn't it taken off in india so uh, quant uh, you know is a very new concept okay in india there are a few uh, you know factors that decide the success of a certain product category and the number one uh, criteria i would say would be awareness especially in a country like india it is uh, so quant as a concept uh, is uh, not uh, very widely known across india across every uh, every strata of investment category uh, investor categories okay it is a lesser known concept there is very less awareness second even um, in the uh, uh, you know in those cohorts of investors where there is some sort of awareness there is, there is very little understanding about how do quant funds operate now anyways we have a small set of people who are aware about it even within that the list is further shrink to you know a smaller set of people who understand it well enough and this uh, set funnels down to a even narrower set of investors who appreciate um the value that quant uh, brings to the table right so we are left with a very small set of investors really believing 
uh, in quant uh, being a you know a go to strategy so that's uh, you know that's the primary reason now if you were to do a root cause analysis of why so okay why are there so less believers of quant and uh, you know one would tend to believe that uh, a lot of this draws upon the context in which uh, uh, you know most investors operate today domestic investors right they operate in the context of indian markets and indian markets if we were to go by concept uh, is very close to being a semi efficient uh, market uh, you know semi strong efficient uh, market uh, wherein uh, there are there is still scope for alpha generation there is still a lot of anomalies in the market there's a lot of mispricing in the market the capital market penetration is not very high uh, there is an information edge knowledge edge you know i you when i say uh, information edge i am referring to knowledge edge analytical edge wherein alpha can be generated and can be created so uh, you know in india right now we are optimizing for effectiveness right and quant strategies uh, generally tend to optimize for efficiency in uh, larger markets okay so there is there is some way to go before we start optimizing for efficiency in in the broader markets like uh, let's say if you talk about the largest markets in the west those are really developed markets uh, you know they those are uh, you know markets operating with strong efficiency uh, over there uh, you know there's very less scope for anomalies to survive beyond a point uh, right sure there are anomalies and mispricings but uh, you know it is very short lived uh, because of uh, you know the capital market penetration over there such anomalies such arbitrages closes are very really really quick right so most um, you would notice there are a lot many hedge funds high frequency trading outfit etc that focus on quant based models to improve upon their efficiency wherein the decision making can be really really quick and the execution can be quick enough to squeeze out uh, some performance uh, before the market closes out such an uh, anomaly or uh, nullifies any arbitrage that's open so so it is also a subject matter of uh, what are the kind of investors here and uh, in which markets are they operating and what's the opportunity available if they don't go for quant right so because there is so much uh, uh, you know scope to generate effective returns and because there is so much uh, there's so many opportunities available in terms of uh, mispriced opportunities and uh, anomalies that keep uh, propping up in the market from time to time uh, it is you know investors tend to believe a whole lot more uh, in actively managed funds than it would in a fund managed basic uh, basically on the basis of quant funds right and this also uh, you know uh, talks a little bit about uh, the rise of uh, passive as an industry how you know while it is a rising industry and while there's a lot of faith why is it not trickling beyond the large cap universe and why is it not uh, becoming the mainstream uh, uh, you know go to category even as yet because there is still a lot of scope in uh, actively managed funds so you know that's the reason why you won't see quant funds gaining as much uh, uh, prominence and taking as much center stage as it would in much more developed markets especially in the west thank you nira for that comprehensive uh, answer and yeah let's see how quant based mutual fund progresses as it goes forward um, before moving on nira uh, we normally ask people if they can recommend any good books or movies or blogs or newsletter for our listeners so that they can you know um, gain some knowledge about investing and i know that every sunday you dedicate your whole day towards you know doing deep work reading books 
and learning new things so um, recently did you find did you read any interesting book that you think might help our uh, listener understand more about investing so so yeah so i do in fact uh, dedicate uh, my weekends towards uh, deep work and uh, reading a lot many uh, you know reading up on a lot many books that have to do with investing so while this one may not be exactly in line with uh, quant investing there's a super interesting book that i'm reading right now it is uh, titled uh, what i learned about investing from darwin it's a book by uh, bulak prasad and it offers a very uh, distinct perspective into the world of investing so i am uh, often uh, on the quest for uh, looking out for various uh, you know unique perspectives to the world of investing and i feel uh, this book uh, seems to be uh, you know grabbing my attention for a whole lot longer that i had initially anticipated so it is still something that i'm going through but i strongly recommend uh, this book to anyone who wishes to gain some unique and distinct insights into how should one approach investing that book is also on my reading list i've heard a lot of good things about that book is that book new by the way i mean has it been released yeah that yeah 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 okay then so nirav thank you so much for coming to the why not men money show and hope to see you in some other episode again same likewise thanks a lot sachin it's always such a pleasure uh, chatting up with you and the team this has been a great conversation that brings us to the end of today's episode if you would like to know more about this topic then you can reach out to me on twitter i go by the username at the red session nj or linkedin using my full name that is session ningthao kongjam we would be happy to take your suggestions that's all from our side thanks for tuning in see you in the next episode to stay updated on this podcast follow us at hd smartcast on all the major social media platforms to listen to more such podcasts log on to www.hdsmartcast.com i'm cindy lopper my psoriasis was all over even on my scalp which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis but cosentix works on both Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 mg dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 mg dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB, serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections. Some fatal have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at cosentix.com or 1 844 Cosentix. Ask your doctor about Cosentix.